Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Well, if you're a parent like I am, you know that right now it is challenging right? We're in this unprecedented times, and it certainly is challenging because our kids may be in blended education, or they may be in full virtual education. Whatever the fact is, this is a very difficult time for parents. We're learning about kind of what goes into homeschooling and these kids and the digital media and the digital advertising that's coming at them. It's kind of all-encompassing. How can parents help their kids? with virtual school. Here to tell us about that is Dr. Depesh Nafsaria. He's a pediatrician and spokesman for the American Academy of Pediatrics. He's also an associate professor of pediatrics at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health. Dr. Nafsaria, I'm so glad to have you with us as our kids are in these virtual school. And my kids are both upstairs right now in virtual school. How can we as parents help them with this other than knocking before we enter or staying out of their rooms. Yes, I think this is certainly a challenge that uh, many parents have not had to deal with. Even folks who homeschool, uh, you know, have made that decision and and, uh, done so in a planned fashion. It didn't fall on them unexpectedly. And uh, again, they're making the decision to do this entirely at home. With virtual schooling, we have an interesting combination that school and the teachers and everything are are still there. They're still teaching. They have expectations and assignments and all those sorts of things. But it's harder for us to engage. Uh, I think even adults realize that uh, after a long day of virtual meetings, uh, it's it's hard to feel as engaged with uh, what you were discussing and doing. So I think, one, definitely find out what your child's schedule is and try not to interfere when they're, particularly if they're doing something synchronous. But I think thinking about doing some kind of check-in with them, uh, you know, what was covered today, uh, do they understand what the expectations are? We also have to remember this is new for many teachers. So little things like uh, teachers setting up office hours or question boxes or things where children can privately approach them and say, I I didn't understand what you meant by this, or I wasn't clear on what the essay assignment was or things like that, uh, may not be so easy because it's something that we're all trying to do for the first time. Well, we definitely are. And as parents, we really want to check on them, like you said, see what they're doing. But also, I mean, I have this feeling I want to check on my, especially my daughter, and make sure she's not on TikTok or Snapchat or doing things like that. How can we walk that fine line between not, I mean, we want to trust them. We want to start from that place of trust, of course, but also, you know, checking on them to make sure that they are taking this pretty seriously. We want to make sure that we're offering kids the uh, ability to uh, uh, be able to really uh, have that trust and that you know responsibility that they're taking on themselves. Uh, but at the same time, uh, this is a new setting, right? There's so many possible distractors out there. Sometimes helping children recognize how they can turn off things. Uh, we shouldn't assume that just because 
their children and their young that they know how to turn off, say, notifications on their phone or their computer or so on. So sitting down together to figure out how to do that, to really set up a good learning environment is important. Um, checking with the teachers where, when possible, uh, email or otherwise, what sort of structure are they offering so that way they can offer kind of a, a uniform message with you about how long they actually expect children to be paying attention for, uh, what's the nature of breaks. Uh, this is going to vary based on schools. It's going to vary based on your child's age and grade and all that. Uh, so I think trying to figure out what those things are and be, be helpful and an ally to your uh, child's teacher is really a great way to think about this. It certainly is. Now, one of the things I ran into that I've spoken with a few friends is school abed. You know, because they're doing this from their rooms, they want to do school in bed. And I know my children's school has said no pajamas, and you must be dressed as if you were going to school. And I made my daughter set up her desk situation because she literally was laying in bed doing these Zooms. And so how can we change this mindset to get them to realize? We can't ask them to come out into the common areas to do their classes because that's you know, there's distractions, but also we want them to be focused and set up a space, right? Yeah, I think a, a, a school space makes sense, whether it's some part of their room or whether it's elsewhere in the house. Um, for a while, my teenage daughter was uh, actually doing some of her work in my study. And if I wasn't physically in there, it was fine. Or, And even if I was, I mean, again, with headphones, uh, it's possible to work side by side and not actually distract each other. Uh, and I was okay with that. She actually took it upon herself to set up a desk space and, uh, and, and all. Now, partly it was helped that the messaging from her school was, you know, we, we expect you to do all these things to look like you're, you're ready for school and so on. But, you know, the other thing is over the years, she's also heard me talk about, um, you know, for example, I, I recently hired a, a research assistant um, who, who's a, a young adult, but I said, you know, they, they sat up straight, they were appropriately attired on video, um, answered questions, looked directly at the camera. I mean, it's just like doing any other kind of interview. You you have to look like you're prepared and ready for it. The other thing that sometimes helps is if your child's like, no, no, I get to be in bed, it's kind of neat, it's cool, whatever. Um, eventually, they'll start complaining about how their arm hurts or their back hurts or whatever. And then you might help them draw the conclusion that maybe because lying in bed all day isn't good for your back either. Uh, and then they might realize that sitting, etc., is a, is a good thing. That happened last night to me. And I, doctor, am an exercise physiologist. And I told my daughter, I'm like, you can't look at what you're doing. Look at how you're lying. And she's like, my neck hurts. And my I'm like, really? And so I thought I was so great at all of this, but it still is difficult. And one of the things I think is most challenging right now and frustrating for our kids is the social aspect. They claim not to love school, but they really do. And they really love being at school and being able to see their friends. Well, that is all different now. So what do you want us to know as parents about helping our children with the challenges that are this physical distance that they must maintain, whether they're in school in person and having to do this physical distance, or whether they are, you know, all virtual and online and missing their friends? 
I think one of the hardest things in parenting, and this is true even outside of a, a pandemic situation, is we have such a great desire to try to fix things for our kids, right? If, if our child says, oh, I'm sad that I can't um, see my friends because we're all on virtual school and, and so on, right? We want to fix that somehow. And sometimes children don't actually want you to get involved or they don't want to get want you to fix it, right? They, they just want to hear you say, yeah, that is hard. What do you think might be ways that you can make that better, right? And just to listen and acknowledge. So I think asking them how they feel things are going, what they think is going well, let's not just accentuate the, the negative or the not so good or whatever, uh, but let's also talk about what is going well. Uh, and, and if they're having trouble coming up with that, pointing out, you know, isn't it great that we live in a time where you can talk to your friends? I know it's on a screen, but, you know, when I was young, we didn't, you know, all we had was a phone uh, and there could only be one person on the phone at, at a time in the house, and, you know, and things like that. And I think those that being intensely curious about how your child is dealing without feeling that you have to fix it is a great start. And then if there's something that you think you might be useful as to say, hmm, I had some thoughts are you interested in thinking about talking about what we what we might you know suggest to to try to address this issue and if they say no then that's fine but if they say yes great they've just invited you in to do that and i think again that holds in all situations and not just a pandemic and makes it much more likely that they'll open up they'll talk to you and listen to your advice if they're the ones inviting you in on that as we wrap up dr nafsaria and this is really I mean, we're all going through this right now together. We are. And it certainly does take a village. We all have to help each other. And that's what these podcasts are all about for the American Academy of Pediatrics. But a couple of more things. First of all, do you think that kids can get a decent education virtually like this? And help me with my college kid, because they're missing out on labs. They're missing out on, you know, some of that college experience stuff. What can we do to help them in that case? If they're missing an anatomy lab, are they getting still a pretty good education? Wrap it up with your best advice about this virtual school that we're all living in, whether or not you personally think that our kids can really get a good education, and more importantly, what we as parents can do to further that education without completely helicoptering and interfering. It's a great question, and I think that our um, it really goes back to what we instill at a young age. If we make education be about uh, a love of learning, about being curious about the world around us, um, about being able to express ourselves to others and to interpret what others are, are telling us, all those things um, I think pay off pay off big time later on. And uh, I, I think especially when you get to the high school, college, et cetera years, uh, it's not actually so much the, the educators that make the biggest difference. I think it's the, the, the students themselves. Um, I see this at the professional school level with physician assistant and medical students and residents that I teach um, and, and so on. Uh, my, my son is literally, as we record this, starting his first day of college um, and his first day of classes for him. And some of that is going to be, a lot of it's going to be virtual. Sure. Are virtual labs going to be kind of interesting? Uh, yes, they will. Can he catch that up at some later time if it becomes important? 
Sure he can. Uh, I think this is also offering us a lot of opportunities to ask ourselves as educators how much that we think is important actually is important and how much uh, can we do in other ways uh, and how much can be caught up on later on. We're discovering that there's a lot more flexibility in how we're able to train people uh, than we ever thought. And I think that applies uh, to younger children as well. I think so too. And I think that we've all adapted pretty well. And whether or not this is something that's going to be ongoing, I do truly think as telehealth has become uh, you know, something creative that healthcare providers had to do to kind of make it work, as it were. I think that virtual school is also something that may kind of keep going in some ways. So parents listening, he gave some really great information today. Be sure and share this show. If you have kids that are in virtual school and you want to know what they're doing or how to be involved, you learned it here today, and these podcasts, our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics, the gold standard. We love our pediatricians here at Radio MD because they really are helping us to raise our kids and raise them safely, and that's really what it's all about. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. For Healthy Children, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and Radio MD, I'm Melanie Cole. Stay safe and stay well.